0: Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM.
1: Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. We thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. I pray, none of me but all of you, may the grace of God be upon me as I minister to your people. We need you more than life itself. And, Father, we look to Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith. Thank you, Jesus, for starting this work in us. And thank you for finishing it. And, Father, we embrace the mighty Holy Spirit and his ministry. We trust him to lead us and to guide us. We worship you. Just lift up your hands. Spend some time worshiping the Lord. Just a few moments. We love you. We worship you. There is no other God but you and there. And and we bless you, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We need you as we talk about the glorious cross, as we think about the resurrection, a resurrection Sunday as today considered to be Palm Sunday. We thank you and we praise you. Oh, what a glorious cross that we have, Father, that we make our boast in this morning. And Father, I thank you that it's in Christ we live and move and have our existence. Thank you, Father, that it is in him that we, have righteous, we are righteous in your sight. For God made Christ to be sin for us, so that we may be made the righteousness of God in him. And Father, we stand righteous before you because of the precious blood of Jesus. And Father, we worship you. We're no longer under the curse. We're no, under, no, no longer under sin, but we're under grace. And we're under, we are sons of, and daughters of, of God. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And we thank you. It's all because of the blood. It's all because of the cross and what the cross did for us. And we praise you. We worship you. And, Father, we don't look at Easter as just another holiday, but we see it as our our liberating day, our liberation day, our freedom day, the day that we were set free from sin, the day that we were set free from the kingdom of darkness we were transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your son father Jesus Christ and father I thank you we're no longer under the curse but we're under the blessing we're we're, we're, we're operating in the blessing of Abraham and I thank you for growth I thank you that we're we're overflowing with your blessing Father, that the blessings of the Lord makes us rich and adds no sorrow with us to it, Father. And I thank you that the blessings of God chases us down and overtakes us. I thank you, Father, that the blessings are chasing us because of Jesus. I thank you, Father. We praise you. We thank you that we are forgiven. We are cleansed. We are new creations. We, I thank you for the new birth, that we are born again. Oh, Father, I I thank you for the first birth, and I thank you even more so for the second birth. In Jesus' name, I pray that you'll grant unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. I thank you, Father. I praise you. I thank you for giving unto me your son and your servant, your slave, supernatural divine utterance, that I may boldly make known the mystery of the gospel in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Rejoice in that. Come on, let's rejoice. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's, it's good to have the Tuckers, the Tuckers with us this morning. Yeah. Theodore, y'all welcome our new member. We're growing both ways. Yeah. <laughs> so glory to God. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for a safe delivery. Thank you for a safe, healthy baby. That's something to rejoice about. Thank you, Lord. Though we may have challenges, uh, God has given us the power to overcome because Jesus overcame. And so today I wanna talk to you all real brief about the the glorious cross, the glorious cross. And so uh, let's think about the cross. Um, I'm listening to this new artist um, by the name of Christopher Martin. He's a Jamaican art, artist, and he's, he's not Christian, but he's, he's very, um, I guess, uh, mindful of, of Christ. He has a consciousness of the Lord. Not all of his songs are, are, are conscious of the Lord, <laughs> but um, the one I'm thinking about is, is, is he's called I'm a Big Deal. And he, he just talks about how he's a big deal and that his friends are a big deal, and and basically, what I gather from the song is he's he's referring to that the fact that we are valuable in the sight of God, and and I I think it's the cross that made us a big deal. That made us we are important to God, and Anthony um, Anthony Anthony Anthony. There's a, a, a artist by the name of Anthony Brown and Therapy. He has a song called Worth, um, and, and he said, "You thought I was worth it." And, and first, I was down on a song, but as we think about it, Jesus really did think that we were worth it by going to the cross for us. Yes. Yes. Amen? Yes. And so we are a big deal. We are valuable in the sight of God. Yes. So don't allow sin and the world and situations to tell you otherwise. And I think that that is uh, not a, a thing of that we put more emphasis on ourselves than Christ, but Christ put an emphasis on us. The Father put an emphasis on us. We were a target for him. Amen. So say, I'm a big deal. I'm worth it. it. So don't ever go into a place of saying that you're unworthy. Don't ever go. You and I both know we're unworthy within ourselves. But in Christ, we are worthy. We are made worthy. We're made worthy because of the blood of Jesus. And so if you stay in that place of self, low self-esteem, low self-worth, then you'll never grow in your walk with God because you'll always look at your father as being mad at you. You always relate to your father as he's going to get you. If you think about the people in the world, they think that way. They think about the world, think about God as God's going to get them. And there's Christians who actually believe this. They have a sense of inferiority in a sense of guilt and condemnation, we miss it. We make a mistake. We sin. But the good news is that it's through Christ that we have access to the blood that cleanses us and makes us as if we never sin. Amen. First John one nine. Let's go there. First John, and this is not in my notes. <laughs> First John chapter one verse nine. First John chapter one verse nine. It says this. If we confess our what sins, what happens? He is who? He is what? Faithful, full of faith, and what? He's not only just faithful. He's what? And just to what? To forgive us, forgive us. So God is always giving. Have you noticed that? He's always giving. He's given us brand new mercies. He's given us grace. He's given us strength. He's given us healing, he's given us wisdom, he's given us prosperity, he's given us favor, he's given us protection, he's given us forgiveness. So God is a giving God. There's a scripture in uh, James 1, it says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. God is always giving. Say, God is always giving. giving. He's, He's always looking for an opportunity to give you something. Think about God that way. God is always looking for an opportunity to give you something. He wants to give you favor. He wants to give you joy. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you deliverance. He wants to give you safety. He wants to give you provision. He wants to give you elevation. He wants to increase the anointing in your life. Everything about God is, 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 he's a giving God. He's a giving God. Say, God is a giving God. Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus said this John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave. And so love is a verb. He's, he's constantly giving, giving us brand new. You woke up with two brand new mercies. You woke up with, to a brand new opportunity. You, you, you woke up with the ability to use your limbs and use your mind and use your, your, your strength and your muscle. God, if you have a job, God gives you an opportunity to work. I was texting Minister Allen the other day, and it's like, oh, oh, you know. And I was thinking about working, and it's like, we get to work. We get to work. We don't have to, you know. I got to work. No, we get to work. That's the way we should look at it. We get to study in school. We get to be in the ministry. We get to witness. We get to share the love of God. We get to parent, to be parents. We get to get married. We get to stay single. Come on now. There's benefits and pros and cons of both, all right? <laughs> we get to, right, instead of we have to. Come on, let's thank God for that. Amen. We get, to, get to, to do the will of God. So let's look at this. So if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us. So not only does he forgive us, he cleanses us. He separates us from our unrighteousness. Anything that stains us, he separates us from once we confess it. So once you confess it, when you confess something, you are owning it. You are admitting it. You are agreeing with God that that thing is wrong. And when you confess it, it gives him the ability to release his forgiveness and his cleansing power. Jesus is the high priest of our confession. So when we confess to our high priest, the high priest turns around and pardons our sins and cleanses us as if we never sinned. Glory to God. That's good news. Amen. 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 So he's the high priest of our... And that's, that's the same goes with confessing the word. When we confess and agree with God, it releases God to move in our, on our behalf. The Bible says that angels, the angels um, hearken to the voice of God. And so as we speak the word of God, Angels hearken to the word of God as um, Ashley led in confession today. I mean, sure, you don't really necessarily feel like doing confessions every week, but we need to keep saying the word of God again and again and again and again. It doesn't happen if you say it once. It happens if you say it again and again and again and again and again and again. again. It's a part of a lifestyle. You say it all the time, and we need to confess the word of God all the time. I confess concerning my strength. There's a confession I go, to, go through almost every day. And I say, Lord, I thank you that you are the Lord. You're the strength of my life. And I thank you that you, the Bible says in Jeremiah that God spoke and I gained strength. And so I thank you, Lord, that, I, that you have spoken and I have strength. And I, I begin to speak to, and of course, as you do this, the Lord leads you concerning your um, eating habits, right? Um, you need to eat food that, that will produce more energy. But I don't know about you, but I don't like to not have energy, because if you don't have energy, you, don't, you can't do what God calls you to do. And the blood of Jesus gives us the ability to have the energy in the life of God. Dr. Lester Summerall, you should look him up, Lester Summerall, on YouTube. He has several videos and several books, and, and he's just a general in the faith. He um, once said that he, he he basically did 40, 50 years of sleeping. He slept less because he wanted to do the work of God more. <laughs> Now, I don't, I don't, I don't um, encourage you to do that because you do need at least seven hours, according to a medical researchers, need, need at least seven hours of sleep. Uh, but this man thought it was more important to do God's work than to sleep. And sometimes you have to sacrifice your sleep time to do the will of God. Because we do sacrifice sometimes for our sleep time for work, right? Come on now. We, we we sacrifice if we want to do something really bad. We'll sacrifice. If you're in school, you'll sacrifice your sleep for school. Why is it that we don't? When it comes to the things of God, we don't sacrifice even our sleep. When God is prompting us to pray, prompting us to go read that passage that you didn't read. You got four chapters a day, and you didn't read it. You'll sit down and watch your favorite TV or do social media, but you won't sacrifice making time to go read and study the scriptures how bad do we want it you know it's just like getting out of debt how bad do you want it if it if it means that you gotta what eat rice <laughs> and peas and some fruit and and you take your lunch instead of buying your lunch i mean know that it's a sacrifice you do what you need to do in order to have the life you want to have come on you can have as much as god as you can handle so how much more god do you want Jesus died to make sure that we have a life with God. So let's talk about the cross. So as you can see, 1 John 1, 9 is so powerful. You need to memorize this. So when you mess up and you sin, I confess it, Father. Father God, I come before you in the name of Jesus, and I, I confess that I have sinned. Because what happens when you sin, you, you, you're you like, oh, man, I messed up, I messed up. And then once you you ask God, to some people ask God to forgive them a million times. Oh, forgive me, Lord, forgive me, over the same thing. Well, he heard you the first time. If you prayed 100 times, you've prayed 99 times over that same thing, you prayed 99 times in doubt and unbelief. If you say, God, forgive me, I confess my sins, I admit that I am wrong, I agree with you, at that moment you are forgiven. But then you go back and you say, God, um, forgive me for that. Forgive me for that. Lord, please forgive me. I don't know what. what you know, forgive me for talking about that person. And you say it a million times and you didn't do it anymore, but you keep saying it. How many know that you're just praying in unbelief and doubt? So you didn't believe God heard you the first time. And that, that's how it is sometimes of the prayer of faith. You pray for something you believe you receive healing in your body, and then you go back, oh God, heal me again. Heal me again. Heal me again, God. Oh God, heal me again. Oh God, heal me again. Well, He heard you the first time. Well, the proper response is, Lord, I thank you, I'm healed. And when you feel like that guilt and, un, un, and unforgiveness, Lord, I thank you, I'm forgiven. It's not based on your feelings. You're not forgiven based on your feelings. You, you're, you're forgiven based on the blood of Jesus and your confession and your receiving of the blood of Jesus, not what you do. You, you can't bargain with God, God, I'll, I'll, I'll give more, or God, I'll work more, or, I'll witness more in order to be forgiven. This is not a work-based Christianity for our salvation. Because Jesus worked it, he did the works, we receive it, we work out as a result of thanking God. All right, the cross is is necessary for our salvation. Go to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Did I help somebody? Did that set you free from, from some stinking thinking, some unrighteous thinking? a righteous thinking we need to become more right we need to become more righteous conscience than sin conscience i do not need to be mindful of my sin all the time i need to be mindful of the work of christ all the time <laughs> the work of christ what what sin did in adam god did much greater in jesus let that sink in a little bit what sin did in adam christ did far more God did far more in Christ. For there are wages of sin, and there's the payment of sin, but there's the gift of God through eternal life through Christ Jesus. So what God did in Christ weighs far more better, is far, far more effective than what sin did in Adam. Every sin is, is, is worth a hell of suffering. But the blood of Jesus sets me free. There is a doctrine called the doctrine of justification. How God sees that you are guilty and turns around and makes you as if you never did the very thing you did. The cross is necessary for our salvation. Christianity is a bloody religion. There is a lack of understanding of the cross. When we think about the cross, uh, many times people have reduced the cross to some kind of symbol. If you and I are ever going to grow in the knowledge of God, we must be mindful and grow in our understanding of the cross, the the path of redemption. As believers, we need to study the cross and the resurrection. It must be a priority in our studies. What is the cross and why was it necessary? And what are we to do in light of the cross? This cross needs to be understood. If we're going to come to know the God of the Bible, we need to understand the cross of Jesus, the glorious cross. Christ had us on his mind when he went to the cross. For Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, um, it says that let us, well, let's go over there. Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12. We're talking about the glorious cross, the glorious cross. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have, we are surrounded so great of a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to who? Jesus. Looking to Jesus. I, I I do believe that sometimes we fail to look to Jesus. When we're in a bad situation, we often look to ourselves, we look to what we can do, but we need to look to Jesus. When we sin, look to Jesus. The thing about it, sin will keep you far away from God. Sin will keep you far away from God. That self-righteous religion, that um, self-conscious of sin will keep you away from God. But as you draw close to God based on the righteousness of God in Christ, then that will draw you closer to Jesus. When you sin, you don't need to stay away from God. When you're in trouble, you don't need to stay away from God. You need to run to him. You need to look to him. You need to come to the gatherings. So looking to who? Looking to Jesus, the founder or the author and the perfecter or the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him, that he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. There was a joy that was set before Jesus that gave him the strength to endure the cross. Are you listening to me this morning? There was a joy that was set before Jesus that gave him the strength. To endure the cross. You remember that scripture in Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10? It says the joy of who? The Lord is what? So there was a joy that Jesus pulled on that gave him the strength to endure the cross. Let's look at this. I'm looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, Endured the cross, despising the shame, and seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Okay, so what who is that joy? What is that joy? I want to submit to you this morning that we are the joy, we were the joy that was set before him. We are, we were the joy that was set before Jesus. We are his joy, we are his inheritance. You know the scripture we pray every Sunday, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we, are, that we may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the richest of his glory, his glorious inheritance in the saints, his inheritance in the saints. We are his inheritance. He is our portion and we are his portion. So the joy that was set before Jesus was us. For the joy, he thought about when he, there's a song called when he was on the cross, we were on his mind. He was not thinking he did not die for himself. He did not endure the shame for himself. He could have stayed in heaven in the glories of heaven and just not did anything. But he died for us. Then doesn't the scripture say that? Who did Jesus die for us? Who did Jesus die for? (laughs) Us. <laughs> he died for us. So we are his joy, his inheritance, his glorious inheritance in the saints. The Bible talks about how blessed, uh, blessed is the memory of the just. That I, even i and it goes on and says, how precious is the death of one of his saints. When one of the saints die, when, when one of us die, then there is, um, it's precious in the sight of God, the death of, the, of one of the saints. So don't, and again, it goes back to you're a big deal. Say, I'm a big deal. A big deal. I, was I was worth it. Jesus thought you was worth it, and you need to think that you are worth it. Now, we know, you, you think soberly, don't be cocky now. God, I know you, you always hear me, and you're doing it out of selfish, self-righteousness. That's danger. But if you're boasting in the Lord, say, I know I'm a big deal because of Jesus. Say that I know, I know. I'm, a I'm a big deal because of Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, made Jesus made me a big deal. See, what happened is sin made us a not, no deal. Sin, yeah. sin looked down upon us. Sin brought shame and guilt and death and <laughs> hunger and famine and sin and violence and poverty and sickness and disease. But Jesus came to do us some good. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit in power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Jesus is about doing good. There's nothing about Christ that will do you bad. Everything about him is good. We can really say that he's all good. I know Will Smith for a couple years all, is all good. No, he's all good. He's all good. Everything about God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit is good. Everything about our Father is good. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. We don't serve a bad God. We serve a good God. Amen. For the psalmist says, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. The goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of his life. God has some good things in store for his children. Amen. We are targeted for some good things. It's not sin that draws us to Christ. It's the goodness of God. The Bible says it's the goodness and the kindness of God that draws us to repentance. Not knowing how bad we are, but knowing how good he is. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. That came right out of my spirit. The preachers on me today. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we need to look to Jesus and we need to see him for who he is. He's good. He's a good God. He's an everlasting God. He's a God that we can trust. We can have hope that make it not a shame. The love of God has been shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. He's given us his spirit. He's given us his name. He's given us uh, his, his authority, his word, his blood. There's nothing that we don't need that he's not given us to overcome. The Bible says that, every good, uh, the Bible says that he's blessed us with everything good and uh, he's empowered us. He's given us all um, life, and um, I'm messing that scripture up. Go to Peter. I'm sorry, (laughs) I'm getting excited, ahead of myself. Go to Peter. Um, I believe it's First Peter. It might be Second Peter. I believe it is Second Peter. But let me go there real quick. It's it's Second Peter. It's Second Peter. Verse three, His divine power has granted to us. Everyone say all things. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say it with some gusto. All things. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life. And what else? So we have everything we need to overcome in this life. We have everything we need to be all that God's called us to be. We have everything in this that we need to be successful. There is nothing that we need that he's not already provided for. He's already, already made provision. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to what? Life and what else? And godliness. And godliness. And it goes on, it says, Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious precious and very great what? Um, Promises. God has given us some promises. These promises are not just in the Bible so they can look good and so we can quote it in Bible trivia. These promises are there for a reason. So that through them, what are, what are the, them? Them what? what? are Explain, what, what, is, what are them? The promises. the promises. It's through the promises you may become partakers of, of what? The divine nature of who God, right? Having escaped from corruption that is the world because of sinful desire. God has given us the promises in order for us to escape the corruption that's in the world. God has given, let me say that again. God has given us the promises so that we can escape the corruption that's in the world. How are you going to overcome? Through the promises of God. Through the word of God. Through taking heed to the word of God. You can have, Everything you need in life has been given to you so you can escape the corruption that's in the world. We're not denying the corruption. We're denying its ability to have any hold on us. Oh, man. We're denying sin and its ugly offsprings to have any clinging to our life. So the cross was necessary. The significance of this brutal execution goes far beyond its immediate cultural context. The full meaning of the cross depends partly on the unique identity of Jesus Christ, whom the Bible presents both as human and as God. Jesus is human and God, the dual natures of of Jesus. The crucifixion of Jesus is the death of someone perfectly human and divine. The death of Jesus on a cross, his execution by crucifixion, fulfill the ancient promises by providing a permanent, everybody say permanent, Permanent. sacrifice for sin that reconciled humanity to God forever. Personal faith and trust in Christ and his cross gives, gives that person forgiveness of sin. We are the only religion in the world that is based on its creator. That it's based on what the creator has done, the founder of the religion has done something for us. Our part is to receive. God has already done the hard part. You, you, you get that? Yeah. God has done the hard part by sending Jesus to die for us. Our job is to be a receiver. That's all God wants is, is receiving. We are recei- we need to receive. That's what we call believers. I came in contact with a Jehovah's Witnesses the other day mm-hmm. in a.m. in the early in the morning. I went to Walmart. It was about 30, 9 o'clock in the morning. I went to Walmart, came out, and and the Joe the Witnesses, oh, can I give you something? I said, and so I, y'all was looking, I flip it over. I, if you see J W and stuff, that's Joe Witnesses. He said, oh, hey, I want to give you something. And I was like, let, let me see what what's on the other side of that, because I don't really pay attention to the title. That that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> let, let me see what, what, who produced this. And um and she said, oh, I said, oh, you are Joe Witnesses. I said, I'm a Christian. I am too. I said, I'll just laugh like, huh. Um, I said, well, I know all about your religion. Oh, you know, I've been studying since I was in ninth grade. Huh? Yeah, it started by a teenager by the name of Charles Russell. He took the King James Version up in a mountain and supposedly had an encounter with God and rewrote the Bible. <laughs> and you don't believe in the Trinity. You don't believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. No, you don't. Stop lying. You believe that Jesus is created. You think that Lucifer and Michael, the archangel, and Jesus are all brothers. I said, so you're off. You're deceived by the Antichrist the spirit of Antichrist. And I told her, I said, I I know that was harsh, but I I say, listen, I'm trying to save your soul. (laughs) I said, no, no, you need to save. (laughs) And she was like, God bless you, sir. God, you going to tell me about my religion? Yes, I'm going to tell you about your religion because you don't have the real religion. I'm trying to help you. I don't know what it was. I've been praying. I was praying in tongues prior to that. And, and, you know, so that just, I just had holy boldness. And she just met the wrong one. And she was like, God bless you. I wanted to really, if I had time, I should have made time for it. But if, if my white hand called me, I would have said, you know, let's have a conversation. Let's talk. And I would have laid hands on her and bind the devil, cast her out, and got, him, got her saved and filled. She'll be in a service this morning. <laughs> but I, I was just in a room. But I said, listen, I, I don't got time to play with the devil. I mean, why, why sit around like, huh, you know, nice. I think sometimes in our nastiness, we miss the opportunity to witness. Sometimes you, gotta, you got to, the Bible says in Jude, you got to snatch, snatch them out of hell. You got to, sometimes it's through love of God, but sometimes you got to be bold and you got to confront that devil. Do not sit back and just, oh, you know, Jesus loves you, you know, no, Jesus is playing for you. No, you got to know what you believe and why you believe what you believe. And you got to confront other religions and tell them the truth, even if they don't like it, even if they're upset. (laughs) Jesus did not go around just preaching and witnessing pretty little messages. There's sometimes he made people mad. And sometimes you got to make people mad in order before they can receive. You know, sometimes I'm not saying you're trying to make them mad. I'm saying the truth itself makes them mad. And sometimes you don't have all the knowledge that that you need about their religion, but you can tell the truth of of the true God, and the truth itself will make them free. It gives the Holy Spirit something to work with. That young lady left my presence thinking about what I shared with her. I may never know the seed and the power of that word. So don't ever underestimate the power and the message of the cross. The power is not in the messenger, but in the message itself. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to those that believe. So if I preach the gospel the Holy Spirit has something to bring conviction to them about. He has something to draw them into the kingdom. It's not enough to sing nice, pretty praise and worship songs and gospel songs. It's not enough just to do acts of kindness. We have to preach the gospel. And the word preach simply means to proclaim. It's not hooping and hollering. It's proclaiming the truth. It's not necessarily even explaining the truth because you can ex- cannot explain the trinity with the human knowledge. It's by faith. We believe that one God and three persons of God. We believe we can explain heaven. We can preach it in faith. Everything about Christianity is a faith base. You got to believe. You got to receive it. Even if you don't understand all of its implications. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. 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 I'm telling you, you preach and share the gospel in, in faith. I believe that when I leave this person, that the word of God will go to work to dismantle their disbelief. I believe that the Holy Spirit will move on the words that I'm saying, even as he moved on the Father's word in the beginning of creation. (laughs) Oh, I believe that. And when you pray and when you witness, you got to believe the power of your words. You believe everything that you say. I believe that this message is save you. You may disagree with your mind, but there's hope in this message. When you wake up and realize you could call Jesus and he'll come and save you wherever you are. The power of the cross. This message is powerful. Let's go to Isaiah 53. How do we escape the world? Through the promises of God. <laughs> That's from 2 Peter. What, Isaiah 53. How do we escape the world? Through the promises of God. What do we have? We have everything that pertains to what? Life, Life and what? Life. So we have no excuses. We, we can make it. We, we are overcomers. We're not just survivors. We're overcomers. So I am an overcomer. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb. In the word of my testimony. testimony. Now, what are you supposed to be testifying? You're supposed to testify what the blood has done. Mm -hmm. It's not just a general testimony. I want to thank God for waking me up this morning. I thank you for starting me on my way. No, no, that's nice and and cute. But I'm telling you, the, the real testimony is testify what the blood has done. The blood set me free from sin. The blood cleansed me and put me in right relationship with Father God. The blood made me as as if I never sinned. I'm I'm as clean before God as Adam and Eve were before the garden, before the fall. I stand in the presence of God without any sense of guilt and condemnation. I stand cleansed. I'm I'm a son of God. I'm an heir of God and a joiner with Christ. And heaven is, I'm the citizens I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm his ambassador. And everything I need has been provided for. And I'm the messenger. I'm not just nobody trying to tell you about somebody. I'm somebody. I used to be a nobody, but he made me into a somebody. And now I'm going to tell you about somebody who could make you into somebody. Amen. That's good. Pretty little song. I'm just a nobody trying to tell. No, no, I'm more than a nobody. Because if I was nobody, he never would have came for me. <laughs> he, he made me into somebody. He gave me a name. He gave me my dignity. He gave me a place in the kingdom. I'm not just. I'm not just not part of His creation. I'm in His family. He adopted me. You don't adopt nobodies. You adopt somebody you value and someone you love. Come on now. I'm free. I'm free from being a nobody. I'm a somebody because that somebody made me into somebody. He made me into. he, He put me in His family gave me his name to defeat the enemy he did all the work through Christ and gave me the victory to walk in (laughs) I walk in the victory that Jesus won and accomplished for me (laughs) hallelujah glory to God I don't know what's happening here but none of this is in my notes this is called divine utterance I'm telling you I'm telling you we are in some good times Hallelujah. We we are victorious people. We're not broken down and just a nobody, a small church. We are rising to the top. Amen. Amen. This is our year, overflow, the year of the overflow. It's growing time. We're going to grow in every area, in every dimension. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Isaiah 53. Let's go to Isaiah 53. I'm going to read this out of the Christian standard Bible, Isaiah 53. I kind of like it a little bit better out of um, Christian standard, CSB, if you're using your smartphones. Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53, and let's look at verse 1 and 2 and 3. It says that, who has believed what we have heard? So, uh, uh, King James says, who believe, has who, who believed our report? We got to choose to believe the report of the Lord, choose to believe the good news of Jesus, choose to believe God. We have a choice. Who has believed what we have heard? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And then it tells us about this wonderful man by the name of Jesus. He grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him, nor appearance that we should desire him. This is talking about Jesus at the cross. This is not talking about Jesus as a baby, as a teen. Well, actually, teenagers just came into existence 100 years ago. Prior to that, there was no such thing as adolescence and teenagers. Y'all know that, right? Y'all do understand there was no such thing as a teenager 100 years ago at the age of 12, you became a man or a woman. That's why Mary got married at 12. <laughs> you do understand that the Bible has no clue, no understanding of teenage years. We created the teenager. <laughs> do your research. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> what are we supposed to do with that knowledge? I don't know. I'm still still trying to figure it out. <laughs> Should we train our kids at 12 years old to take a job? <laughs> no, maybe not. <laughs> Child law, labor laws. Uh, 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 <laughs> So, Jesus at the cross, he didn't have an impressive form. It's not talking about that he, did not, he was not a good-looking man on the earth, but on the cross, he was not a good-looking person. He, was, he didn't have an impressive form. There was, the Bible says in King James and ESV, there was no beauty that we inquired of him. There was nothing beautiful about the Lord at the cross. There was nothing. He was not the bomb. He was not this, the pictures that we have of Jesus. He was not something that we're like, oh, man, look at him. No, there was nothing, nothing that drew anything physical because he became the very ugly thing that we were. He became sin. He received. He didn't sin. He became sin. God the Father placed the sin of the whole world on Jesus. And that sin affected the way he looked. You can, y'all, know, y'all know someone, relatives, a friend. You can tell that they're in sin. It affects their, they, get, they look older. You can see the stain of sin on people, some people. Well, think about that a million times more on Jesus. Jesus became sin in order to make us righteous. He became what we were in order to make what he he is. He's righteous in the sight of God. So there was nothing that made Jesus look good. It was actually the opposite. He was ugly. He he, he was not attractive. Nothing Nothing from the world's view made him look good. But in God's sight, it was beautiful. In his sight, it was beautiful. Why? For the joy that was set before him. I have to endure this for the joy of getting God's people back to God. I have to become what they are in order for them to become like me in order to have this relationship with the Father. I got to provide peace where there is no peace. I got to provide peace. I have to become the peacemaker. I have to become the bridge between humanity and the Father. Let's continue. Verse 3. He was despised and rejected by men. (laughs) You ever been rejected? I bet you I can beat all of y'all. I've been rejected more than all of (laughs) y'all. I believe it. (laughs) But guess what? No one can compare to Jesus. And he, people still rejected him. How beautiful he is, people are still rejecting this Jesus. He was despised and rejected by men. check <laughs> A man of suffering who knew what, what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised and we didn't value him. Why did he do this? in order for us to become valuable, in order for us to become accepted and received by the Father. Yet, verse 4, yet he himself bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. Jesus does not want you to be sick, and he doesn't want you to have pain. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, he's taking care of all of us. So if you have pain, it has no legal right to be in your body. If you have have emotional pain, it has no legal right to stay in your soulless realm. You have the right to receive a pain-free body, an emotional-free being. You don't have to put up with pain anymore. See, religion will tell you, God is teaching you something. God does not use sickness and disease to teach his people. Do you use sickness and disease to teach your children? Yeah. Do you take a pain, do you take their hand and stick it to the fire and say, don't do it again? Yeah. Dyfus will come and take away your kids. <laughs> Listen, of course we spank them, but that, that, that is a little bit different than sickness and disease. Sickness and disease are—they're meant to destroy people's lives. There's nothing good that comes out of sickness and disease. Well, that person turned to the Lord. Well, they could have turned to the Lord before they got sick. Do we ever talk about that? Well, they were. This car accident brought me to Jesus. Well, you didn't have to have a car accident to bring you to Jesus. All you had to do is just look and behold the truth, and you would have came to Him, baby. You don't need no sick, no car wreck to come to Jesus. Glory to God. Yet he himself bore our sicknesses and carried our pains, and we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by who? God. God. And afflicted. Jesus was struck down by God and afflicted, but he was pierced because of who? Because of what? Our transgression. Our transgression. What is CSB? Is this it? CSB? Yeah. Holman. Okay, so it's the same. <laughs> A little up to second edition. Um, what, what does uh, um, Holman say? Does it say the same thing? Okay. Um, um, CSB says he was pierced because of our rebellion. He was crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him. The punishment of our peace, the punishment to bring peace to us was laid upon him. Look at the contradiction, the two Ps, right? Punishment and peace. He was punished to produce peace. He was punished to make sure that we have peace with God, peace from God, and peace of God. He wants us to have peace. You need to have a peace. Now, I'm not saying that everything in your life is peaceful, but you need to be peaceful in in, in your circumstances. Peace. He was punished to produce peace in our lives. Peace with God, peace from God, peace of God, from and of. And we are what? Healed by his Wounds or stripes. We all went astray like sheep. We all have turned to our way. And the Lord has punished him for what? For the iniquity of, of who? Of us, all, of us all. The Lord punished Jesus so he wouldn't have to punish us. Don't ever think that the Lord is punishing you. Someone already took a butt whooping for you and I. He, he was punished so that we wouldn't have to be. He received wrath, so he could be delivered and saved. <laughs> Is this helping you? Um, verse seven: He was oppressed and afflicted, and yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, like a sheep silent before his shears, he did not open his mouth. Let's close our Bibles. Listen, he was silent so that we can be vocal of what the blood did for us. Father, I do thank you for this understanding of the cross. May we walk in this glorious cross, the truths of Jesus and what he's done for humanity. Say, I receive receive. what Jesus has done. I am forgiven, I am healed, I am delivered, I am prosperous, I am protected, I am loved. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: That concludes this week's message and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or God bless you.